had some experience in, I've been looking around the world, when he came from the fallout to us, I thought you were supposed to fix this. What happens about that? Over the last few weeks, we've been looking in the book of Matthew at what that kingdom that Jesus came to bring is about. And we learned from last week in particular some incredibly wise words from Rick about the kingdom where power is shared, where truth is revealed, where we can choose to break the agreement with the lies that we've allowed in our lives and to line up our thoughts with the mind of God. And as we continue to read through Matthew, what we start to get to now is a set of stories of the kingdom. As Jesus, knowing not only everything that had ever happened, and the world in which he was living at that time, but Jesus being both man and God, knowing everything that is to come, speaks words of eternal truth to all of us. What is this kingdom? I thought you were supposed to fix this. What do we do? He talks about the message of the kingdom because God's word is truth and it is good news for you. So turn with me, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. If you have your Bible or a phone with you, you can read along all the words on the screen behind me. Matthew, chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plant was scorched, they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Now let's skip through to verse 15. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop within a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was shown. Jesus tells a lot of these stories which he calls parables, and this is the only one that he actually explains. Mostly he leaves them hanging 
the kind of enigmas, mysteries, the sweltering and the thousands of years later, he's uh, a bit complex, he's a guy like that. And uh, we roll them over, we, we chew it, we talk to each other, we try and figure out what does that mean. But this one in particular, he actually explains, it's so important that when we hear the word, when we hear the message of the kingdom, we are ready to receive it. When we speak the word, when we speak the message of the kingdom, we understand how people might receive it. And he walks us through some of the different ways that people receive it. And some of the different ways that people hear the message of the kingdom, that message of love, that message of justice, that message of hope, that message of healing, that message of a future which is better than the past, that message of a day to come where there will be no sickness anymore, there will be no pain, there will be no hatred, there will be no evil. That day is coming, but it is not yet here. And the message of the kingdom draws us into the story that God is telling throughout the whole of history and all around the world, and it gives us a part to play in the most beautiful, amazing, redemptive, hopeful story ever told. And we are part of it. And that's the message of the kingdom, because the word of God is true and it is good news. Thank you. 
to examine our own hearts and to pray with people who can help us to understand where we have got those thoughts and beliefs about ourselves from. And to break the agreement that we have held for much of our lives with some of those untruths, some of those lies that do not bring us closer to God, that do not open up opportunities for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. That might be why we don't understand. I would really encourage you, if you're not already doing this, to fall in love with the Bible and to read it and read it and read it and listen to it on your as you're commuting, as you're cleaning the bathroom, have it on audio as you're walking the dog. Be mulling over and thinking through the things that you've read and heard. As you're dropping off to sleep, you're thinking, I wonder what it would be like to be off the road. I wonder what that would be like. Think it through for yourself. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what we feed ourselves is what we know. And that's what we will come to believe, and that is what we will come to understand. But so many people don't. I used to teach you guys um, a session to Christian students who are on an emerging leaders program. And I would be teaching about um, communication and public speaking and different things. And when we got on, I would be encouraging them to understand that scripture is your first reference. So if we were looking at the primacy of scripture, I would give them a task which is to find a way during the following week to use words from the Bible in normal conversation without saying, this is the Bible, blah, 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 blah. Because there's such beauty and truth in the Word of God that we can be speaking it into people's lives without them even knowing. I was meeting years ago, years and years ago, when I was working um, in an organization that was just a mainstream secular organization, and we were chatting about something, and we were thinking about how we're going to explain this thing to a particular team at work. And I said, oh, well, you know, I think it'd be quite helpful to explain why we're doing this. And give a sense of the future, this is what we're trying to achieve. And I was a bit quite excited about it. And nobody else in the room, as far as I knew, was coming in with Bible. But I, I just said without even thinking. Because, of course, without a vision, the people perish. No one looks to hope. I suppose. <laughs> Why not? Just say it. Because it's true. Because the Word of God is true and it's good news for you. Absorb it, love it, meditate on it, think about it, and you will start to speak it and live it and believe it. The second way that the seeds fall is, uh, as Jesus interprets it, among people who find it just too hard. Sometimes it is just too hard. And Jesus describes persecution and trouble coming because of the word, because of the way that we're trying to live. It's just too hard. Sometimes things that are worth achieving are hard. If you've known me more than five minutes, you'll know that I'm quite addicted to spin classes, which are the stationary bikes in the gym. There's loads of spin classes. And I, I think they're it's brilliant. Everyone should go, basically. But the first two or three times you go, you think you, you, know, you, you do think that you're going to die. And then you realise that you didn't die, and so the next week you think you're going to try again. And eventually you stop thinking that you're going to die, and you just get this rush of joy as a whole other plan in itself. But anyway, it's brilliant. And there's a particular class that I go to on a Wednesday night where you work so hard that there's no way you, you're looking good enough for it. In fact, there's a meme on social media at the moment. If you still look cute, 
the end of your workout, you didn't train hard enough. And sometimes it looks like a bit like this. Anything that is worth achieving in our life is going to take a bit of work. And there are times when God walks us through a season of understanding something about himself that feels a bit like hard work. And we are feeling it. There are lots and lots of reasons for that. And I would suggest that perhaps one of them is so that we appreciate how much of a victory it is. If it came easy like that, and sometimes things do, but if everything came easy like that, what, where would be the value? That when we've walked through it, and we've come out the other side, we have a story to tell, we have something to give glory to God for, we have a new thankfulness, just this week in our small group, small groups are a great place to talk this stuff through, to get to know the Word of God together. We looked at Psalm 30, and in Psalm 30 there's a verse that says, uh, Weeping may come in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And we just reading the Psalm through, and interestingly, a few different people around the group said, Do you know what? I have really learned that recently. As I have studied the Word, as I have gone through a season of hardship, as I have gone through a trial, and I have specifically meditated on the Word of God, I have come to understand that the weeping is real. God names it, especially in the Psalms, but still be meant. The weeping is real, but joy comes in the morning. And it is true. And these people were saying, not only can they now believe and understand that joy is coming, like this and Grace has expected on the weeping, Sometimes it feels like the joy is coming more quickly now. Because we know the Word of God. The Word of God is true and it is good news for you. I had a friend who I used to sometimes meet for lunch when I was working, when I used to live in Sheffield, and she was going through a very hard time at her workplace, as all well business. And she was telling me about this thing, and she was, there was a situation at work, and she felt as though she was speaking to her principles. She had a very strong sense of conscience, and she was really pushing through on this thing that felt very much resisted. She felt as though she was troubled because, despite trying to do the right thing, she was being thwarted in that. And, and she was really, really struggling. And one day we were sitting on the bench, and I said, Can you stand with us? And she was crying. And she didn't do What I'm supposed to do about this? What does this mean? She didn't know the word of God. And I said to her, I don't actually know what you should do. I don't have the suggestion. But there's a story in the Bible about a man called Joseph. And he gets put in prison for doing the very thing that he believes God has asked him to do. But to him, what happens? He talks about Joseph. And he talks about how when Joseph is in prison for having had dreams that upset other people and telling people what he dreamt and what he believed God was saying, that's a problem with this. He's taken to prison. Perhaps he was going free, but still. He had done what he thought God asked him to do, got put in prison for it, but the very thing that brought him out of prison was the same. Interpreting the people's dreams, listening to what God was saying, doing what he believed God was telling him to do. This is perhaps the worst thing to do in that crisis when you feel as though you're pushing through and nobody is listening, but you know that you're doing the right thing. The worst thing to do is to stop and think, God, what's wrong? Maybe the best thing to do is to keep going and have a feeling that you shouldn't. God says, I don't know what you should do and who you should speak to and which way you should go, so I can't help you, but I just know that that's true. 
But again, this is a habit pattern that she picked up from her grandma in her life, and she's been really helpful. She said to me, "Is this happening? Is there a story in the Bible about that?" <laughs> I would say, "Yes, actually, there is." And then I would remember one. Seriously, absorb it, love it, learn it, live it, and then when you need it, it's there and it is ready. Sometimes it's just too hard. Landing in an unfruitful place is where people are troubled by the worries of life or the deceitfulness of health. I just want to pick one of those worries of life that's very real for many of us, I know, from time to time, or sometimes for a long period of time. And that's when we're just disappointed and so disappointed that we've read the word, we've prayed, we've come to church, we've been in a small group, we've done the stuff.
went to the house and there were, and there were in the living room with flowers and cards everywhere. They two lovely young people. And we were chatting, and his wife said to me, I have read the Bible last night. And I read the story of a man who was gone blind. I didn't ask Jesus whose fault was this.